Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Thank God for the privilege to be here again this morning. I thank God for what's already been taught and preached. Thank God for Brother Allison's stand on the precious Word of God. I'll begin reading in verse number 19 of Joshua chapter 4. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. I want to ask you a question this morning. What will you do when the Jordan swells? Now, I want to say this morning, if you have not just come out of the Jordan, you're either in the middle of it right now or you're looking at it right down in your future. And I want to say that not many preachers not many Christians are real and pure until they've gone through a Jordan or two. I won't say it's good for you. It's hard to say that until you come out on the other bank. But it's mighty purifying to come down to the place where you don't know what to do nor how to get across and you have to throw up your hands and say, Father, I can't handle it and I'm going to have to have help from heaven's world to get across this Jordan. I'm preaching to folk this morning. You're in a mess. You may not be in as bad a trouble as you think you are. But I'm preaching to some folk this morning that's going to have to have help in the near future. All the hells are breaking across your path. And you see no way to get through it. But I want to tell you this morning, thank God, there is a way across. Amen. These Israelites didn't know it. But as soon as they touched on yonder's bank, all of the manna, that had been fallen would not fall anymore. And everything they got, they'd have to dig for it. Now, you and I have been having a pretty good time 
down through the last stretch of years. I mean, we could find the Holy Ghost in about ever a place where we stop. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're coming to the place now where that's all over. And everything you get, you're going to have to dig for yourself. Our forefathers knew what the Holy Spirit was and knew in their own lives the effect and the power of the Holy Ghost. But we're seeing folk today that's grown up in the church that know very little about the precious moving power of the Holy God. But he said, the reason this Jordan is before you is because I want you to find out in this experience that the same God that delivered your forefathers is still in business to do to the people today as he did in days gone by. I want to tell you this morning, God's not dead. I want to say this morning, the same power that is available to our forefathers is still available today. The same God that shouted our granny's hair down is in business here this morning, and he's wanting this people to know that he hadn't changed, that he is the same God. These folks that were 20 years old and younger at the parting of the Red Sea, the only ones that were left, everybody else that is 20 years old and above was dead and gone except for two or three fellows. God wanted this generation to know that the same God that lived then is living now. The same water parter that is back yonder is here in this present day. Do you all really believe that? Thank God. I've heard so much talk about uh, whether it is true or not that God parted the seas and the river. That's nonsense. This old 1611 said he did, and he did. Don't have to be able to read the Greek and the Hebrew and Aramaic and Chaldee to understand that. It just happened like he said, and I'm going to believe Three and a half million Jews, maybe more, pulled in down on the banks of the river and didn't know what to do. Boys, I've been right there. When it looked like there was no way to get across, when the deacon boards done began to look at you strangely on Sunday morning and nobody, when nobody looks like it's on your side. I came in uh, off of, out of revival meetings many times and uh, downhearted and downcast and no service and seemed like folks didn't understand. And uh, my neighbor's dog would try to bite me when I parked in my drive. And the devil would say, you're a fool. I had a neighbor that uh, said, I want y'all to know when we moved in there, I don't like preachers, don't have anything to do with preachers. I've told my boys not to have anything to do with preachers, and uh, I've taught them that all they want is something to eat and somebody else's wife, 
have a good time and they don't have any confidence in anybody. I'd come in late at night like that and hear them bottles clicking together at her house. But one blessed day, her boy got in trouble and she came through my door without ever knocking and said, I want you to pray one of them old prayers like you've been praying down yonder in the barn that my boy will do right. Thank God today that there is a way across every river. But I'm glad God's never been without a, a man to lead his people. Now the problem is getting folks to follow the man that God has appointed. And God had Joshua. He said, I want you to know that just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with this man. Boys, we've got the place where uh, that when the spiritual giants begin to uh, pass off the scene, we'll think it's all over with. But thank God that there's still preachers that preaching the blessed Word of God. There's still folks that know what the Holy Ghost is and what it's all about. Thank God we can go on in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus comes. God's never been without a man. He's never been without a plan. I'm glad God never gets up in the morning and scratches his head and said, I don't know what we're going to do with Milby today. But I'm glad he's always known everything, always known everything. Nothing's ever occurred to God. Everything has always been in God's mind. God had a plan for the children of Israel. Got a plan for the church. He don't have much plans through the Masonic Lodge, but he has plans for the church. Now, I'm going to throw this in right there. I kind of feel God dealing my heart this morning. I won't say everything he wants me to. I'm going to say it's a dangerous thing when anybody writes anything about anything that they don't understand anything about. I don't know whether you got pretty deep, I know, but I don't know whether you got that or not. We got books by folks on the Masonic Lodge that's never been in the Masonic Lodge. Don't really have any idea except what they read that somebody else said that somebody else said but what I say, I know by first-hand experience. I've been there, was a chaplain of the Masonic Lodge for a long time. Now, don't look at me funny, I'm out now. Amen. But I want you to know if you're here this morning, that is not the church. It has nothing to do with the church. And if the church was doing right, there wouldn't be any room for the law. So many of our churches have become clubs that folks are looking for clubs with life in them. Bless God, we ought to have life down to church house. <laughs> hey, man, no wonder our churches are dead, as the preacher said. No Holy Ghost, the fire has gone out. Bless God, don't be nobody sleep in your church anyhow if you're a preacher. I mean, if you're really a preacher, ought to be nobody sleep. I used to have a fellow that sleeped on the stride too, and I went there on the front seat of my uh, front seat of the choir. For the first three months, I spent most of my time standing in front of him, beating on his legs. Hey, man, said you're going to sleep, and folks are going to hell. If you're sick, go home. If you're sleepy, go home. But if you're a child of God, get alive. God still wants to do something in the age that we're living in. 
Now God's plans always strange. Folks, when they get in the plan of God, they do different things. They're not run of the mill down the same old rut. God's got new things every day for his children. When I got saved, God called me to preach. They got telling strange things on me. They said, if you heard about Eric Milby's boy, that next to the youngest boy, Hanley City, I hear that he's over at night in the moonlight running barefooted out back there in the field, a jumping gullies and hollering hallelujah, and a preaching to the birds and the rabbits. Said we believe, we believe he's lost his mind. The only thing was about it is tell absolute truth. I've still got that same disease I had out there. Thank God, my God's alive. Brothers, the brother said this morning, we've got so afraid of the move and the power of the Holy Ghost that we'll get labeled. We've just shut her all down. Bless God, I might go to car in here. Great God, I'm glad that there's a God that's alive in this day. Now, he said, number one, before we do anything else, I want the priest to get right. Boy, I like that, don't you? He said, I want God's men to get under the load. Them priests, the men of God, got under the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, when they get lined up and get lined up right, and as soon as their tippy toes get in the edge of the river Jordan, he said, the water will back up. The Bible said it's flooded out of its banks. Boys, if we get the preachers right, and get ever, it wouldn't be so hard to get folks out of line up behind us and serve God, boys. I won't tell you preachers something. If you want a spiritual church, be a spiritual pastor. If you want your people to have spiritual fits, you show them how. If you want your people to run a loud praise God on Sunday, how it be good for you to run one on Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. Now, when you put your head down that way, I know I'm a preacher right where I ought to be. Oh, yeah. Hey, preacher, Milby. I mean, but I'm, uh, I got education. Well, if you really have got a real education, that makes you more susceptible to the move and the power of God than it was when you was like you were. Because real smart will make you sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. I see them priests get under that old ark of the covenant. Step out in that water in that old Jordan. <laughs> I see them little old, I see them little old minners washing off down the, the stream. I know a lot of folks that's washed off down the stream since I started the preaching. They didn't stay by the stuff. The night that I announced my calling, I, I guess three or four hundred people came to where I was that night and said, Preacher, thank God. We just want you to know we're going to stay with you. Bless God, we believe that you're God's man. We've seen you grow up and, and go to Sunday school and act right, and, and we're going to stay with you. But they didn't know what they were saying. That is real nice as long as I stayed real 
straight-laced and baptistic. But when they heard, when they heard I was running the fields and hollering glory, they give me that, give me that wave offering, and said, "We'll see you farther down the road." But the men of God got out in the water. Now I want you to notice where they stopped. Didn't stop out in the, the edge of the water. But they got all the way out. That's wherever preacher that's here this morning, that's where you ought to be. It's all the way out in the middle of the water. Don't you preachers look here at me a minute. God will not use the coward. God will not use anybody that won't get out in the middle of the stream. When you get to caring more about your job than you do your obligations to God, God is finished with you. Am I preaching something wrong? I believe I'm going to tell it just exactly right. I'm going to tell you preachers this morning, God help me and you to get on the load. I see them boys get out there. Now, the Word of God don't say this as far as I know, but I believe they turned their back to that big wall of water. He said, here we stand. Now, you can't expect your people to come across until you make your stand in the middle of the stream. Now, I want you to look at what they had on their shoulders. They had that Ark of the Covenant. Wasn't no empty box. It's still not. Praise God. If you've took up this Word of God, to be a preacher, you're not you're not uh, marching with a stick with no flag on it. But bless God's got some colors about it, and it stands for something inside that old Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah! Was the budding rod of Aaron? Boys, I like that. Now the test had already been given, and God showed them where the life was. It was in the right place and in the right family, and that's where it is today. It's not off out yonder somewhere in some culture, some movement, but life is in the family of God. I want to tell you something else. A fellowship is on life. Fellowship's not on death and life, but fellowship's on life. I was a long time seeing and understanding that. I'd go out with these fellows uh, to breakfast, uh, Dr. So-and-so, and, and uh, I, we, as long as we talk about uh, the church growth and how to follow of the leadership of somebody in Nashville or in Hammond. Uh, brother, everything's running good. But when we got down, brother, talk about getting born to get it. Uh, brother, and shouting the victory. I'd lose them somewhere in the conversation. Oh, yeah. I won't say education don't have anything to do with that. I've run on some fellas uh, that wore overalls. Uh, brother, I'd get to talking about uh, God coming into my heart and the whole experience a witness unto me that I was a child of the King of Glory and that they didn't know what I was talking about. But I've talked to some other fellas, a lot of them. Uh, brother, if you'd ask me on the street, I'd say they don't have anything. They didn't know not too much about organization. I'd ask them about how they was building their Sunday school. And they'd say, huh? And I'd say, what are you doing? I said, just preaching. And uh, I'd say, well, don't talk about being born again. <laughs> boy, I'd smile, go from ear to ear. They'd say, back yonder, I was a little old lad of a boy. Down yonder in Sinai Baptist Church. Old Brother Johnson's a preaching the Word of God. And Holy Ghost conviction. I'd set it on me and I run to an altar. And God saved my soul. They talk the family. You see, if you got life in you, we can talk the same language. 
Make any difference who you are, rich or poor, uneducated, uneducated. If you've been born again, we can talk the same language. That's why them committees in your church have fights. They don't talk the same language. That's why some of them deacons always vote for green carpet when everybody else wants red. They don't talk the same language you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all didn't know that. <laughs> I want to tell you something else awful deep. Everybody you think saved ain't saved. Everybody belongs to Baptist church. Ain't never found real life. Boys, when you find out somebody else that got burst into the family of God, like you got burst in, you can talk real business with them. Everybody gets saved, has get saved like I do. When you say like that is, you don't get saved. Don't look at me that way. Oh, yeah. You get saved, you got to hear the Word of God. I mean, that Word of God's got to get into you. I mean, that's, I got, that's the way I got mine. That's the way everybody's got to get there. I heard the Word of God, and it set up conviction. In my, do you all know what old-time conviction is? Set up conviction in my heart. Made me realize I was a hell-bound sinner. I mean, I got sick. Old-time conviction will make you sick. That's what brings on, that's what brings on repentance. You'll get so sick of the field of sin and begin to hate sin that it'll bring you to repentance. Once I got so sick of that, I stayed under conviction for two years. Sometimes be heavy and sometimes be light. Sometimes I couldn't eat and sometimes I could. Sometimes sleep and sometimes I couldn't. But generally speaking, conviction's on me for two years. Now, I know, I know if you'd have been there, you'd have said, that I'm glad you weren't there. Because, you see, I learned some things during those days and that blessed morning. Brother, when I went down in that pasture field and prayed my way out from under conviction and repented, I bounced about as high as the moon. I was glad, thank God, to be out of that load. And hallelujah, I've been glad ever since. Amen. That old budding rod of Aaron. I wonder if y'all got a life. Some of you did have yesterday morning. Amen. I wonder if you're a dead stick. God help us. I pastor some of them dead sticks. Oh, yeah. Some of them say, I'm alive. I'm alive. But when they get to the church house, I tell you, fellas, got life at the ball game. And life down at the, down at the trail ride. And ain't got no life in the house of God, not in the same family I'm in. Amen. Well, well, that's not the only thing that's in there. Also, inside the little Ark of the Covenant were the tables of the law. Boy, we've about thrown that away. We found so many new things in different ways. Boy, I thank God this morning for Dr. Allison just coming right down straight in the old black back book and saying, right there's what it says, what it means. Ain't no use trying to read anything else. Boy, don't you thank God for a man like that? How brother hadn't twisted and turned and weakened and washed off down the stream. He's been standing right there. I've only known him for four or five years, and the more I know of him, the more I think of him. First time I ever saw Dr. Allison was in a meeting at Brother Lockheed's, and I understood I was supposed to preach. When he got done, I was scared to death. And uh, he taught that morning, and I thought, oh, Lord, oh, what am I going to do? And Brother Lockheed called on me, and I got up and preached. Oh, hallelujah. And when God hit me and I knew, I got looking down. Every once in a while, I looked down to see if he's a like this. And I thought, if he ain't liking this, I'm liable to have a stroke. I mean, I want him to like this. And after a while, I looked down, but I saw the tears running down. 
So I said, Lord God, I'm fixing to run through a troop and jump over a wall. Hallelujah to God. When I got on, when I got on preaching that morning, I'm, I'm starting to step down. And here come old Dr. Alice and them arms spread way out. And we just waded into one another. Boys, we fellowshiped right there on life. And the song leader, Brother Randy Little, said, Hey, everybody, right there's both ends of stick hugging one another. <laughs> yeah. What he meant was the height of ignorance and the, and the height of brilliance come right together. And you can do that if you, if you got life. If you got life. If you got life, you can do it. Amen. Thank God for the old word of God. Us Baptist folk, now we, if we don't like it, we'll read something into it. It ought not to be there. And take out what we don't like. And we're just about through with taking the word of God exactly what it says. But when we get to the judgment, oh, the Lord is gonna, ain't going to say, now this wasn't really what I meant. I, I meant something else, but these fellas, I just couldn't get them how to bring it down to you like I wanted them to. And how the Holy Ghost tried to preserve the word, but he just nonsense. Hallelujah, I'm glad he's got it for my eyes and my mind and my heart just exactly like God wants it to be. The praise of holy word of God. Yes, He said, preacher, I don't believe that. <laughs> God hit your purified heart. The word of God. If God, if the word of God says thou shalt not, Baptist folks say, yeah, I believe we can. And if the word of God says, this thou shalt do, and they say, we can get by without that. Isn't that right? Well, we just, if we want God's power and God's spirit and God's presence, we better obey the precious word of God. I see God's men standing out there under that, under that old ark of the covenant. Inside that old ark of the covenant, where's that little pot of manna? Now, I want y'all to know this morning that the, the pot of man is still in the ark. God had not. He said, I, I, when you come in, now when they came in, a brother to the holy place, God had that ark of the covenant uh, beneath the mercy seat. Every time they bowed before that mercy seat or stood before that mercy seat, they remembered that life, fellowships in life, 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 life. That's where the commandments of God are, his life. They remembered the word of God every time they came to pray that God preserved it for the nations on down the road. And they remembered that the same God that fed manna to the children, well, hallelujah, fed manna to the children of Israel, back yonder still in the business of providing for his youngins. Amen. <laughs> you all believe God take care of his own? Boys, I've, I've talked about that so much, how God seemed to me and took care of me. You know exactly what I believe. Oh, how God see to and feed his young. But I want to tell you this, God ain't got no welfare land. It's all down here to, if y'all down here to suck on welfare, you might as well try something else. It ain't going to work. <laughs> you ain't going to work, God ain't going to feed you. Say amen right there. God takes care of his own. I remember one time coming down to Jordan. I was in revival meeting. I was trying to preach. Nobody was liking what I preached. If they did, they never said anything. I've gone through entire revival meetings and never had an amen. In that service, I don't know in that revival, I don't know if I'd ever had an amen or not. And as soon as the service over, the preacher would run to the back and everybody else would just gather and go out the back door. And a lot of times I'd stand up there by myself. 
After a while, I had to slip on out the door and get in my car and go home. I remember it was on about Thursday night, I guess. Been especially hard that night for me to preach, and it looked like the choir couldn't sing. And when I looked like when I'd look at anybody, they'd turn their head or look down at the floor. And I got up and tried to preach, and nothing. And didn't give the invitation nobody. Finally, I said, "You're dismissed." The preacher that would dismiss and said, "You just go ahead." And uh, I remember going out that side door, and everybody just turned, went back that way, and I went out and got in that old broken down 71 Chevrolet had 206,000 miles on it and went a wobbling and a rattling out across the country and winding around. I was a crying. I said, God, are you up there? I said, I run into something I can't handle and I'm a show and even half. Trouble comes and I can't find an answer. Lonely nights I've spent in agony. But that I can turn to. So here I am begging on my knees. It's me again, Lord. I've got a prayer that needs an answer. It's me again, Lord. I got a problem that I can't solve. Now, I don't mean to worry you, but here I am facing something new, and I need help that only comes from you. It's me again, Lord. <laughs> something spoke in my heart and said, turn the radio on. I reach over and turn that radio on. Down yonder in New Orleans, an old preacher named Mays Jackson said, Welcome to the truck driver special. <laughs> he said, In a few moments, the inspirations are going to sing, but just before they do, I feel strangely led tonight to pray. He said, Our Father, out yonder somewhere tonight, going up the lonely side of the mountain, is an old man of God. <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, precious father, if it ain't asking too much tonight, would you just go and get in the car with him and let him know that heaven is still on his side and God answered old Brother Mays' prayer. Glory, hallelujah, I come to myself out there in the woods having my own meeting. Hallelujah. Great God. <laughs> Boy, I... I was a preaching and a liking it and saying amen to it. Oh, yeah. God sees to young How's on there? How's on there on the, how's on there on the bank? I see that little old frickle of Israelites. I don't know how long. It takes that many million Jews to cross the river, but it takes a long time. I hear that old one of them young say, Mama, boy, it looks scary. What are we going to do? 
I wonder what y'all gonna do. I mean, the Jordan swelling. Some of you men right here, you don't know what in the world you're gonna do when you get back home on Sunday. Situations that are facing you, and you don't know what to do. But I hear that old granny say, "I'm going through." Yeah. Oh, I'm going through. <laughs> I'll pay the price. No matter what others do, I'll take the road of the Lord's despised few. I've started for Jesus, and I'm going through. <laughs> All the way through. I don't know, mister. I don't know, beloved brother. I don't know, ma'am, what you're fixing to do. But back yonder, when I was uh, running them hillsides and jumping them gullies, I made up my mind what it's going to do. I said, I'm going all the way. God, you give the running directions, and I'm going to run. <laughs> Hallelujah. You say, preacher, what are you going to do? When the deacon runs out in the way, run over him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I got my mind made up. Got my RPMs all built. <laughs> well, well. I'm aiming to run her all the way to finish line. Hammer down. Some people are just like an automobile. They run fine when everything's right. When the roads are all clear and the weather's fine and there's plenty of sunshine and light. But often they come to a washout and then get stuck and have to detour but maybe a break in the testing will prove they never were built to endure Amen. get plenty of water and plenty of oil and the best gasoline you can find get your engine tuned up and look out for the brakes you'll have some hard places to climb look out for the tires for the blowouts will come on a dangerous curve keep an eye but if you let Jesus take hold of the wheel, you'll make it to heaven on high. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you haven't heard that. You haven't heard that before. My mama taught me that on the porch swing. Oh, yeah. I'm going all the way. Oh, I made preachers. I made some of the messes. I get to looking back down the road. Lord, I won't forget a lot of things. I look at where I am now, and sometimes I can't hardly make up my mind what to do from 
look back out yonder in the future, there may be some things and some rivers that'll come too, but I know one thing I'm going to do. I'm going through. I got them priests standing there on that Ark of the Covenant. I, I don't know how long, maybe. How long does it take for that many Jews to come across? But Lord, them, I see them priests standing there on the Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible said they stood firm. I don't really believe they wavered, but if they did, they weren't Baptists. And I see him. One of them said, uh, how long is this meeting going to last? And bless God, if I was the preacher leading this outfit, I'd have done a shutter down a long time ago. <laughs> You know what them birds want? They want to be the leader of that outfit. Until they get it, then they don't know what to do. They were shaping than the leader was in. And I want them to say, well, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know how long I've been standing out of here, but there ain't never been nobody ever said, thank you, old buddy. There you go. Instead of been standing out here, it's been a, it's been a thunder and a lightning and a raining part of the time. Ain't nobody ever come by and said that. You need my call? <laughs> One of them said, I teach Sunday school, and nobody's ever come by and bad me and said, good lesson this morning. So I'm going to tell you what I'm fixing to do. I'm going to walk out on this mess and let the rest of you handle it. <laughs> God help you. Now don't y'all get so fidgety. I'll be done just a minute. I'll tell you what it is. I think it's bothering just what I'm saying. Somebody said to me a while back, he said, Preacher, what do you think about them hacking preachers? I said, what do you think about them? He said, I don't like that, this hack, hack, hack. And I said, I'm going to tell you, who are you, who are you talking about? And they told me who he's talking about, and I happened to know. And I said, it ain't them hacks bothering you. What's between them hacks? Ain't you that right? Oh, yeah. Want to gripe on God's man. If his duty, they couldn't do half as good a job, couldn't do nothing at all. Because God don't have but one man to lead the flock. Amen. 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 That's right. Everybody say amen right there. Amen, amen right there. Preacher told me he went to Carroll Revival meeting, and, and the preacher's all settled up and had the pooch mouth and wouldn't talk to him. And he said, uh, my brother, what's the matter with you? And he said, I don't want to talk about it. And he said, well, uh, you've got to come out of this. We can't have any revival meeting in you in the shape you're in. And, and I, she said, I won't know. We've got to get this out of We can't even start. And he said, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And he said, brother, listen to me. He said, if you don't can't get your head up and back me and shout victory, he said, I'm going to turn around and go home. And he said, I want to tell you what. He said, I've been a pastor this church for eight or nine years. I had a birthday last week. Not one card, not one card, not one card did I get in the mail. He said, now, what do you think about that? And the priest said, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Amen. We think, we think everybody's got to come by our house and call us and say, bless God, what a message yesterday morning. Thank God. I never heard nobody speak like you can. Great God, thank you for standing in the gap. If that's all you're working for, you're going to wash off with the minners. You're going to wash off with the minners right away. 
<laughs> Did y'all believe what Brother Allison said this morning? Boy, I won't tell you what. We've got such a mess in the preaching ranks today. Ever, everybody calls me. Everybody calls me, and I don't know them. I say, how many wives you got? Amen. We've got to if we stay clean. Ain't that right? If we stay clean. But I hear one of them old men of God said, how long are we going to stand here? And I hear one of them say, way back yonder at the end of the line somewhere, there's a little old tousle-headed boy. Said he hugged my legs yesterday and said, I love you and I got confidence in you. And said, I'm going to stand right here on my corner until he gets across. <laughs> yeah, but somebody else said, this crowd's a-passing when they're a-passing, they're a-passing. The boy said, don't make no difference. One of them said, there's a little old girl back up yonder, them little old black curls are dancing when she runs off down that bank, you watch for her. So they ain't going to move a tap right at the end of the line up there. And there's one that's coming down there. And said, I'm going to stand right here till they get across. Preachers, how long y'all going to stand? How long are you going to take that old black back book and say, this is what we're going to do? We're going to stay with this thing back yonder at the end of the line somewhere. I don't know how many more tape meetings I've got in me. I don't know how many more revivals or how many more messages I've got. Doesn't make me any di much difference. But right out yonder to the end somewhere of what God's got left for my little old puny way of preaching the word of God, some little old boy or girl. And I'm aiming to stay here until they get all the way across. I see at last little old trickle of Israelites grew up that bank and them priests pull out and God said, wait a minute, ain't done yet. He said, all you heads of the families. <laughs> said, I want you to get you a rock. You hear me, mister? I'm off the preachers now. Some of you may quit shouting. I'm down where you live. I'm talking to you men. God expects you to get your rock. Amen, brother. Amen. To stand on something in your household. Amen. It's good to say our men of God ought to make a stand, ought to stay by the stuff, ought to do what's right according to God's book. But God's calling on you, sir, to get your rock. He told them where to get it. He didn't say, just gather you up one and He said, back out there where them old men of God are standing, you know, on a grinding them feet while they're standing on that load. He said, I want you to go back out there and get you a rock. Haul her out there. If you get something that, that comes out right, you're going to have to get it right where the old men of God have stood all down through the years, where they preached and lived right and taught right. Exactly what you can't find. Hey, them little old, them little old rocks around the edge out there not going to do any good. Get you something where God's men have stood down through the years. That'll always work. It'll always work. It'll always work. Some of you folks, some of you men can't hack it. God help us in these last days. What's happened to what's happened to all the men? They're melted down. Oh Lord, if you want me to, I will. 
I had a little, one of my little old girls in the church named Jamie. She prays like a 60-year-old mountain preacher. Thank you, Lord. Little old, in her teen years, still in her teen years. We'll pray around the altar. Lord God, that little old girl will ring up heaven, and then when heaven answers, she'll go to flag and heaven down. <laughs> One night, this little old Vistin, a fella come in, had his son with him. I saw his son talking to that little old girl, and I saw him sit down with that little old girl, and I looked and had an earring in his ear. After service, I said, Janie, come here. She went up there. Well, I said, if I was going to mess around with that, I'd just go and sit with my sister. It's about all the same stuff. But if I, if I wanted me a man, if I wanted me a man, I wouldn't fool with a sissy. Amen. You say, sir, I don't like that. I ain't preaching for your likes. You can't raise, wait, raise horses fooling around with little wimps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. I want to I wanna say tonight unto God, we need some men and some ladies that's not looking for a place to get out or get off, but looking for God's direction and God's plan and follow the leadership of God's man and stand on the rock. They took them rocks out there and set them up where they made camp and they wrote on those rocks about all the wonderful things of God. Sat around the camp fart night. Found that little old boy got up to the age and he looked at them rocks and come and got up on his desk and he said, Daddy, what's them stones mean, all that writing on them rocks? Yeah. <laughs> oh. He said, Son, that's what it says on that rock. Now, he said, when you learn to read, you'll find out it don't say exactly what Daddy's saying. What that right there means when the cow's gone dry and the money's out of the bank, how that God will make a way across the river. <laughs> when you're going down yonder, that little old ragged-looking church, and eight or ten folks are coming, and, and they're laughing at you in every publication that you read. If you don't win 500 souls this year, you ought to quit and go home. Uh, that, that there says, son, uh, wait on through. Keep her going. Stay by the stuff. Don't give up. Do what God wants you to do. Said, son says, right over there on that rock, and when you learn to read, you'll find out it don't say exactly what I'm saying. But that means when things ain't going right at home, when your own children, your own wife, act like they don't look like you're preaching or what you're doing, and all the advice you're getting, our brother, it's the wrong kind of advice, and you know you've listened to the voice of God, yeah. and God said, do what you're doing, son. That's out there says, when you stay with it, God, take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. All the way. Y'all believe what I've been preaching? Everybody stand with me, please. Can I do this, brother? God bless you. Some of you folks need to hit this altar and say, God, I've been tempted to turn back. 
God, the devil's been whispering, hollering in my ear. There's no use you standing. Some of you mamas, some of you mamas been tempted above to drop the dress code at your house. And the school's wrecking rules. How that you can't abide by and be the kind of Christian you ought to be in you. So that pay, preacher, have they about convinced you you don't have any business over there, that outfit where you are? And you know what God said? You ought to make a move for God this morning. Look him in the face and say, I'm a going through. God, I'm a going through. No music to woo you. If what I preach to you got in your heart, you know you ought to come. This altar is open to you this morning. You're going to do business with God. Sister, I believe I will ask you to come. I believe I will ask you to. <clears throat> oh, God help us. When the Jordan swells across the path, we we'll wait for the commandment of God and wait on through without fear and without doubting. God bless you, sister. Go ahead when you're ready. I believe I felt God's Holy Ghost. I believe I felt God's Holy Ghost working while I was preaching on hearts, teaching them and drawing them. I believe you ought to obey the Lord this morning. Oh, Father.